Demons Discuss, take four. The one with the witches. Welcome to Demons Discuss, the unofficial podcast about the All Souls universe and the topics that orbit it. I am your host, along with my co-hosts, Angela and Jean. I am Valerie. Hello, Angela and Jean. Hello, Valerie. Hello, Valerie. And hello, listeners. Hello, listeners. Uh, Today is the one with the witches. Well, this certainly isn't a topic that orbits the universe. It is squarely in the universe of All Souls Trilogy. Yes, um, because as we know, there are real witches, not in the fantasy sense, but in the real sense, as we call a lot of the neo-pagan religions, the people that participate witches, or some people call them warlocks. I think those people are a little bit fantastical, though, <laughs> or wizards, but whatever your your name of choice Um this is a subject that I think we have to take kind of seriously because as vampires, well, besides the emotional vampires, as vampires don't actually exist, we have to kind of tread carefully, respectfully around the subject of witches because Deb hit a lot of the actual traditions that's taken place in a lot of these religions in her books. It's it's certainly true. I mean, she she basically... She's brought the pagan practices of the time before Christ to modern day in a lot of ways, which yes. is what the which which is what which is kind of do. Yes, it, it's they're they're living history, really. Yes. I, I can't think of another way of explaining it. That's a good way to put it. A lot of the neo pagan religions draw from pre Christianity. <laughs> I think I think Deb gives a pretty comprehensive picture of witches. I mean, not only historically. Um, their traditions, their lore, um, their social issues related to them as far as being scapegoats. Uh, And also peppers in many notorious or and or famous witches throughout history. Um, You know, you you may they may not be specifically named like Agnes Sampson is, but other ones um, are mentioned, especially in the Book of Life. Uh, Um, And what I thought was really neat was the how in the modern London Coven. She did a lot of uh, shout outs to witches from history and made their descendants members of the modern coven. Yes, that was excellent. Yeah, that was good, I think. And I also like the way she she had the coven community in Madison. She she made it very relatable. I think she must, yeah, she must have attended a couple of those parties because uh, that little get together they had (laughs) in Madison. party? Well, no, not the, even the hollow. It was in the Book of Life, mm-hmm. um, the one that Fernando and Matthew attended. Right. It, oh, it, yeah. It's, <laughs> it seemed to be a raucous party. And from my experience, this is true. <laughs> a lot of these get-togethers, they're, they're really a way for the community to just get together, chill out, be themselves, relax, drink, eat. Um, not like any other, I mean, not unlike any other religion, it's just a way to it sounds like a big polish family yeah it's a community gathering really (laughs) and it's a family of choice really if you think about it it's true well um, deb's deb's books are all about being a family of choice yes so we i mean i want to touch upon the things that i know 
about modern day Wicca, because that's the only one I can really speak on. And uh, my background, I am, I was born Roman Catholic only because my mother is Roman Catholic. But my father was from the island of St. Kitts. And a major practice there is Obia. And it's not really talked upon there or people from St. Kitts or people from the islands. Because a lot of people, when they come to the States, they just want to assimilate. And what they do is they pick up Christianity and they go to church and they just want to assimilate into American society. So that's what they do. But people like my grandmother certainly didn't. (laughs) She was called the Obia lady. And um, she had a corner of her kitchen in Harlem that was filled with uh, shelves with spices and herbs and bones that no one ever questioned, <laughs> questionable like skeletons of certain creatures. <laughs> and she was known amongst that community of people as the Obia lady because she was the one that actively practiced Obia. And it's very similar to um, more of you are familiar with voodoo. It's very similar to that. Um certain things, like a lot of the African religions that came over here or went to the Caribbean started as a form of obia or voodoo or hoodoo or one of those. So that's where my background into the supernatural, well, not supernatural, really. It's uh, more of a pagan type religion started. Um, I was raised Roman Catholic and I continued that until uh, I had an event when I was, you know, pregnant with my son, and I won't go into it, but that just kind of made me feel like I needed to get back to my roots. And I was in the military at the time, and they had Wicca services. So that's what I joined because it was the closest to anything I could relate to. You so, you so generously shared a picture of your grandmother's space, and maybe we'll put it on Pinterest someday. Um, but it, it's absolutely beautiful. Oh, yeah, yeah. All of her tools and her dried herbs and her just the functionality of it, it's, it's breathtaking. So when I read uh, Sarah's still room, that's what it reminded me of. I was like, oh, God, yeah. And she had a little loft like that, too, like how they describe where Cora would hang out. Right. She had a loft like that, but I think she just, uh... <laughs> this is funny. She had barrels of wine that she would let ferment up there. And occasionally one would blow up. (laughs) (laughs) Wine for everyone. (laughs) It was hilarious. But she kept a lot of weird things up there. And she had um, just jars and jars of her little, what she called her teas. And she would brew this stuff out of herbs and then she would can it and then put it upstairs. So when she had somebody who needed a tea, basically they needed healing, they needed uh, help with their love life or something like that, she would do it. And they swore by it. So So was grandma running an unlicensed botanica? Pretty much. (laughs) I don't know if the city of New York was going to be down with that. They want their due. That's why it was kind of under the radar. She was, she would go to church on Sundays <laughs> the rest of the week, man. <laughs> was your grandmother dealing herbs out of the pews? <laughs> no, no, no. Probably giving out her business cards and come see me. <laughs> <laughs> and, and we laugh about it, but I'm sure that that happened so much through history that the, the healer lady of the neighborhood 
would ostensibly uh, sign up for the whole Christianity church thing in order to get along with her neighbors and was still dealing cures out of the back of her kitchen. And here's the thing with that. Uh, she wound up in a mental, mental institution for a year because one of her neighbors turned on her. Oh, goodness. It's terrible. Yeah. So, yeah, there's an interesting eval history. <laughs> interesting tidbit. So, yeah, it, it's still uh, that was the 1930s, late 1930s, early 1940s when she did that. By the time I got to know her, she was more open and free with her <laughs> with her practices. So, so basically, witch hunts continue to this day. Yes. Yes. Yes, indeed. Um, people still look at it like it's a crazy thing on my dog tags. I was in the military for 20 years on my dog tags. It said Wicca. So every time I would deploy and turn in my dog cat tags, people would look at it and be like, eh? look at me and be like, what the hell's going on? Here? <laughs> well, I mean, if you think about it, uh, the military is pretty much a microcosm of the United States. You have some people who are so I- isolated that they don't see anything except for being a Baptist or being a Presbyterian or being a Lutheran or being Catholic. So to present something different like that, well, what is Wicca? Oh, I heard that's Satan. I heard that's, no, it's not. And I'll go into it and I'll I'll go through a quick list, if you guys will indulge me, of what it is and what it isn't. It is polytheistic. It focuses on dedication to patron deities typically a god or a goddess or the triple goddess, which is more of a tradition I tend to follow. Um, if you want to compare it to Christianity, if you think of, uh, what is it? The father, son, Holy spirit, the Trinity. Holy Trinity. Yeah. Holy Trinity. It's kind of the same thing. Um, but girl power, but girl power, right? You have, uh, uh, you have the maiden, the mother, and the crone, which represents the stages of life, which, which represents uh, a triple goddess, a singular goddess, but split into three. The crone is the one that holds all the wisdom, is the one you're going to draw from when you need to reach for experiences and things that teach you things. The mother is when you're in creation mode. It doesn't even have to be, oh, I'm having kids. It's I'm planning a garden, I'm doing this, I'm doing that. The mating is all about possibilities when you look to the future. It's just, if you think about it in those terms, it's not so different or scary, I guess. So I guess we can still be maidens, Val? Yes, if you want to. Because we're all, you know, creating new homes and moving and creating new possibilities. You never stop creating, really, if you think about it. Well, that's more the mother. Yeah. Well, I'm thinking but, of the possibility, the possibilities that we've just created. Yeah. If you have dreams, if you have, if your dream of what your future could be and stuff like that, those are maiden tendencies. Hmm. Yes. I like that. Because you're kind of young at heart at that point when you're dreaming of future possibilities. Um, like if you have goals, you dream of your goals. You think of your goals. These are the goals I want to reach. I mean, that's that's all the things that young people do. They think about their possibilities in the future. So demon, Demon's Domain and Demon's Discuss, we're constantly in maiden mode. Yes. Well, <laughs> yes. Now they're in mother mode. <laughs> well, we're also, if, if you look at it, the three ways, it's dreaming, doing, and sharing. Yes, exactly. That's a good way to put it. I never thought of it that way. So 
And and Deb does all three in the books. Yes. It is a modern religion influenced by many pre-Christian beliefs. So if you think of it this way, it is modern. It started in like 1950s, Wicca did, the way we know it now. And it just drew from older traditions. They went kind of went back to their roots. And um, that's why a lot of people don't take it seriously, because it's one of the newer ones. Um, people who practice view the spiritual and material worlds as overlapping, meaning that gods and goddesses are not far away from you. They're entities whose presence you feel, you know, when something happens or something goes, you know, you feel the presence of the goddess, or you feel the presence of your God. And this is all religions. You, you feel say. the presence of a, a, a higher power closer to you. It's not just some distant thing. It definitely stresses greater harmony with the larger world and with earth in particular, especially with a lot with Wicca. It's an earth-based religion. It views the universe as opposites. So you can't have dark without light. So, and that makes me think of the trilogy because, you know, the union of opposites, hot and cold, witch and vampire, woman, man, Diane and Matthew, it's kind of, you kind of need both in order for the whole thing to exist. Right. It teaches that we're ultimately responsible for our own actions. And that's a truth, man. We all know that, right? right. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you do bad, you get bad back. You do good. Usually threefold. Yeah, threefold. And, and that's, I, okay, this is just a personal thing. I think the threefold thing is a scare tactic. <laughs> Whatever you do, it's just going to come back at you three times. Just kind of like a a control thing. You better behave yourself. I I really think it's what you put out there, you get equally opposite back. You know, does that make sense? Like physics? I was going to say, it's it's funny that Newton, you know, dabbled in, I shouldn't say dabbled, was submerged into alchemy and secretive, but he came up with the third law. So there's that there, the third law. But also it's the for every uh, action, there's a reaction. Yeah. Yes. So exactly. For every action, there's equal and opposite reaction. So if you think of it that way, whatever you do, no matter what it is, whatever it's quote unquote good or what quote unquote bad, it'll come back at you in some shape or form. Sometimes you got to wait for it. (laughs) Sometimes you got to wait a long time for it. And you got to be patient. (laughs) But it does happen. It is paganism. And you can be pagan and not a Wiccan. But you cannot be a Wiccan without being a pagan. Uh, Pagan generally means not of Judeo-Christian origin. So that's Buddhism, Hinduism, all the other isms, (laughs) if you can think about it. Um, It's not Celtic. It draws from Celtic traditions. It's not Druid. It draws from Druid traditions. A lot of it. A lot of traditions do from Wicca. But don't make the mistake of calling Wiccans Celtics or Druids because Celtics and Druids exist, and that's an ancient religion, and you don't want to be messing with that. I don't know. I'm just that person. It's not good. (laughs) Um, It has almost as many traditions and rules and steps as Christianity. I mean, Catholicism. Catholicism, especially if you're going to get into Christianity, Catholicism. It's it's big and complicated and a lot, and a lot of rules and a lot of notes and a lot of (laughs) sub-notes. And a lot of choreography. Yeah. And then you have some young witches that like to believe that the Celts had fairy magic. And I call those people fluffy bunnies, but we won't get into that. (laughs) 
or the angsty teens who decide they're a witch all of a sudden. Oh, you know? yeah. I think, a lot, I think a lot of people have gone through that stage. Yeah. yeah. You found that book with with the silly little love spells in the school library and decided you're going to divine who your husband in third period is going to be. Yeah. It's like, really, dude? <laughs> yeah, no. You're not 13 yeah, anymore. No. Yeah. yeah, no. And then dressing in all black doesn't make you a witch. Come on now. Stop that. <laughs> stop it i mean not to really make fun of these people they're trying they're trying to find an identity or like like anything it's not satanic don't believe in the devil karma like we said with the the law of three or Mm -hmm. what i call karma is basically what you put out there comes back at you it's just energy um it's the same kind of thing as karma i call it karma because i'm lazy because when i say karma everybody knows what it means right so that's karma. Um, yeah. No white, no dark magic. Well, and Deb's, Deb's got a lot of karma in her story to, yeah. to tie it all in. I mean, mm, Peter Knox. Hello. Yeah. The karma bus backed I mean, up over him. Right. And you can label it dark magic, what he did. But what he did was just take his energy and put it towards dark intentions. And it all energy. bounced back right onto him. Yeah. Energy is energy. So there you go. Um, there's no divine judgment in our laws. It's just that people who do good get good in return. Those who continue to do shady things will be punished for it <laughs> one way or another. And that includes anybody. You, you know, know. What? it sounds fair to me. Yeah. <laughs> it's stuff that we all struggle with. Urges like revenge. We have to squash them all the time, you know, and that's in our personal well, lives. Well, it's just and- like any kind of project. Whatever you put into it is it shows in the result. Yes. I mean, if you do a half-assed job on a project, it's going to look half-assed. If you right. treat yeah. people crappy, crappy. Re- relationship yeah. is going to be crappy. Exactly, because eventually they're not going to put up with it. Yeah, I, I mean, another way of looking at it is it's just a man- manifestation of the energy energy in the final product. Right. So, like I said, urges like revenge have to be squashed. And I really got a picture of that when at the very end of Book of Life, when uh, Diana wanted to nail Ger- Gerbert to the wall and Isabeau and Matthew had to calm her down and hold her back. Like, <laughs> oh, no, he'll get his. Don't worry about it. <laughs> We're working on it and we're going to be a little more subtle about it. And that is kind of the attitude you kind of have to take with this, especially if you're spellcasting. And let me quash another myth. <laughs> spellcasting is really no different than prayer, if you think about it. Sure. Mm-hmm. So there you go. I've just normalized witchcraft in your mind. So let's talk about the fantastical kind. You guys have any thoughts? Don't want it just be me spewing. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I don't know if I'd call telepathy a, a, a supernatural power per se, because some people seem to have it. I think so. I mean, and I, I, I really think that the premoni- premonitions happen. Maybe it's a way of your your mind processing the energy that's out there. Yes, but there's something to it, and as we learned over and over again in the trilogy, there's a really fine line between science and magic. And it's mostly in that fine line is whether we're smart enough to figure it out yet or not. Right. I see it as like science trying to explain the magic. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Do you know what I mean? Yep. An explanation for something they don't truly understand. They want to make sense of it and understand it. Yes. Right. Or vice versa. Scientists will have you believe, uh, you know, the fantasy is just trying to explain the science. Mm -hmm. So it depends on what side of that argument you follow. It's all the same. (laughs) It's all the same. And shape-shifting. Now, is that supernatural? Because, you know, 
there are people that, uh, Angela, you and I were talking about this astral projection. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, when you, theoretically, when you go out of your body, you can be anything, everything and anything if you want to. That's true. Um, so shape-shifting. Yeah, to read it on a page, to see it in a movie, it is kind of supernatural, but uh, in theory, you can do it with your mind. Sure. And Ike is meowing. Because <laughs> it's time for his walking. Well, maybe He's, maybe he agrees. Yeah. yeah, exactly, Ike. Well, um, I like that. There's there's that shape shifting in the astral in the astral plane. Um, for trilogy purposes, though, I mean, Diana does a little bit of it. You know, when her arm shoots out into a branch, um, she doesn't. But she's dealing with uh, what's his name? God, why can't I remember his name? Knox. Knox. Not Knox. Oh, uh, the, the demon that. Oh, not Champier. Kit. Not not Kit. The demon that uh, Matthew hung out the window. Oh, Edward oh, Kelly. Ed- yeah, Edward Kelly. Yeah, Kelly. yeah and go. also with Juliet, didn't she do it? With, I thought no, with Juliet, she she uh, and she did the energy transfer through the oak yes. to save Matthew. That's right. That's right. That's what I'm thinking of. And like on the astral plane, you can do time walking too, theoretically. Oh, and there's also the the whole study subgenre of physics where they're trying to figure out whether you really can time travel. That's what ties my head in knots, the time travel thing. Oh, we'll do a separate episode on that mess. And maybe we'll get uh, Victoria Sedova to come in and and do a little demonstration for us since she seemed to be able to explain it back in the day. Maybe if we we begged her nicely. Yes. The timey-wimey stuff. Shout out to Victoria. Shout Victoria. Hey, girl. (laughs) Call me. Oh, um, the part that I was thinking of with Juliet was her arm shoots out towards her aunt. That wasn't the branch part, but this is something I wanted to explore a little bit. It was because she wanted the knife, the white-handled knife from Sarah to help Matthew. And it, oh. it says there's there's two blades, one dull and one black-handled, the other sharp and white-handled. Yes. The athame, which is what we would call that in real life for the real life, which is the athame. It's just a way to channel your energy. Think of it as kind of a magic wand. Um, You can use this knife while you're cutting herbs. Like the white handle knife is the sharp one. You can use this knife while you're cutting herbs and then you're directing your energy through your cutting your herbs for whatever purpose you're using that for. Like uh, Sarah was using it when she was making the dream pillow. When or she was, was it, cutting up herbs. Oh, I thought the dream pillow was. Um, no, it, the white knife came out again. Oh, I thought because yeah. I thought I thought she was doing something else with the white knife because I thought the Diana uh, Diana made the dream pillow for one of the little witches that was having problems and. Uh, oh no, that was for Jack. She made the dream pillow for Jack. No, for for kids that were having problems, I think. Oh, okay. Right? Oh, okay. I'm confused now, but yeah, I thought yeah. there was an application f- independent of Sarah. Yeah. No, I might have been mentioned in there. Somewhat, like I said before in another episode, it's really time for a reread. I'm yeah. only up to whatever chapter we are on the real time, on <laughs> the yeah. real time reading because that's when I get my rereads done. No, but, um, but you were you were right though. I mean, it was in the still room, and she Diana wanted to touch the rue, but she couldn't because she's pregnant. And she said, "Go take the knife and go cut some moonwort." Yeah, mm-hmm. and divination and foresight—that's kind of in the telep- telepathy family wheelhouse, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Like uh, Rebecca in the trilogy. I mean, she she was able to scry and and she also had visions. Mm-hmm. But it seemed like uh, Sarah didn't have as much of those elements in her being. She was more the spells and potions and, as you said, making the dream pillows. Yeah. I feel like she was like in the trilogy, there was a lot of resentment between the witches that could just do stuff and had the elemental magic. 
or between those witches and the witches that had to study and memorize and look and understand a spell. And you know what I mean? Right. So it seemed like two distinct lines as far as the two kinds of witches. And of course, we learned there's some that straddled the lines and could do elemental and could do the spells and could do mm-hmm. whatever they wanted. It seemed like the easier... the. There was almost a line drawn between those who had intuitive type of powers that they just had and the more yeah. scholarly, what, what I would call the more scholarly or academic witches, witches who could learn right. to do things, who may not have, may not had as much intuitive t- talent. But they read a book and got it. Yeah. Or, or they were born with an inclination. I mean, just like someone playing the violin. I can't pick up the violin and play it. You know, maybe that's the same for spells and potions. Some are more naturally inclined. Not that you can just learn to do a spell and be proficient at it. Yeah. Some can't. Yeah. So yeah, it's yeah, I was gonna use the music analogy too, like for piano. Some people can hear a song and just play it. Other people have to get the sheet music, read it, practice it, and keep going. So that's probably the difference yeah. there. So basically Witchcraft is pretty much like any other kind of talent in a way. Or skill. Yeah. Yeah. It's a talent. Well, that's, that's probably the best way to kind of break it apart. Talent versus skill. Yes. A talent can be innate and a skill is learned. Yes. Mm-hmm. And for those to be really successful, the ones that have the talent study and study and study and get really skilled too. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Those are the ones that excel, supposedly. I mean, imagine Diana's problems though. She's a weaver. And she's spellbound, but it'd be almost like being a virtuoso and having no teacher. And a cra- and a really crappy instrument to learn on. <laughs> right. Yeah, like having a violin with three of the strings gone. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> You're good to go. Make some music with that. Figure Have fun. it out, kids. <laughs> I mean, growing up Roman Catholic, still Roman Catholic, it's obviously something you don't learn about going to Sunday school or you know Catholic school. That oh yeah yeah how how the how the Catholics it kind of sucked all the. Yeah. Pagan holidays into... They they took the pagan holidays and suppressed them and twisted them yeah. and put them in a, a mixer. And This is something you touched on earlier, Val, with uh, neo-paganism. Yeah. And, and I mean, the truth of it is even Christianity picked and chose and, and subsumed most of the p- pagan traditions and holidays in order to win converts. Most, of the, uh, not most, but many of the early Christian saints took, you know, took on aspects of pagan gods and goddesses in order to get butts in the pews. Right. Uh, yeah. Made it palatable for them, and they also looked, uh, took a turned a blind eye when some of the old pagan holidays like Beltane would be celebrated. Think about it, and I think we've actually done a piece on how pagan practices were subsumed into Christmas. Oh, like Yule? Yeah, Yule. Is it Yule log? The Yule tree? Yes, it's Christmas tree. Um, the uh, stars and the moons as ornaments on the tree. Mm-hmm. Um, well, it- even like, you know, the spells that they're replaced with other, you know, rhymes in Christianity. I mean, it, would it be seen as strange that you, if you're going to move your house, you're going to uh, bury one of the saints in your lawns to <laughs> to bring good luck? I mean, yeah, uh, you mean, are you talking about the upside down St. Joseph that's in my front lawn right now? That's what I'm, yeah. Okay. <laughs> that house is going to get sold, baby. I'm going to get myself a second St. Joseph. I'm like getting tired of this. Yeah. I mean, but it comes from somewhere. I mean, and mm-hmm. it, that's just another example of how. And s- smudging your house. Yep. Yeah. That's another. 
practice I had done before. Well, we... if you think about sm- smudging and the use of incense in yes. the Catholic ceremonies, I mean, and and then when we're talking about the threefold goddesses, I mean, she's pretty much been subsumed as the Virgin Mother. So true. Mar- Mary's the one-stop shop. So true. <laughs> Maiden, Mother, and Crown all in one place. That just... Uh... Look at that. You made a synapse connection for me. <laughs> Why, thank you, I think. <laughs> Did the light bulb turn on? Yes. Good. Yes. Good. My I'm enlightened now. <laughs> <laughs> You're here all week. Yes, exactly. <laughs> if I need more enlightenment, I shall come to you. Yes. In our next episode of Coffee Talk. <laughs> <laughs> but but it, but then again it gets worse because they they steal all these holidays and gods and goddesses and then they turn around and make witches scapegoats right look here people no angry emails we're just speaking how we see <laughs> because when you talk about religion you know people get a little touchy yeah and and to let everyone know i'm from the roman catholic tradition as well there you go so i'm speaking through the vatican II lens of macaroni crosses and arts and crafts for ccd but you know there that's is right. that so pardon my lack of biblical knowledge <laughs> that's my disclaimer for the day there you go <laughs> No, but history is not always rosy. Everything doesn't always go right. And you, no matter what, they're always looking for someone to blame. And unfortunately, it was witches throughout history. And women. Um, and I women, mean, exactly. It's very gender-based. To this day. Yes. Yes. <laughs> very much so. Just to think about it is so frustrating. You know, suppressing suppressing women from having any knowledge, suppressing women from having skills, suppressing women from encroaching upon your livelihood with the rise of quote unquote physicians and surgeons. I mean, some some of this is is trying to control the marketplace. They did not want the healer women encroaching on their territory, especially when the healer women probably had a higher rate of success at curing people's ills than. These guys with their leeches and scalpels and... You got to drink the teas, man. Yeah. To drink the teas is to be a believer of the teas. <laughs> <laughs> the power of the tea. And, and, the, have... and the tea, and it, which is funny that you mentioned that, Val, given how much discussion of tea there is in the trilogy. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> I mean, that's just what my grandmother and their people called it, the teas. Uh-huh. I need a tea. I need a tea, you know, for whatever it was uh-huh. and whether it was like, oh, my love life sucks. I need a tea hey. <laughs> or I've got the flu. I need a tea. You T- know. Tell me Mark didn't have a recipe for that tea. Yeah, I'll tell you what. Yeah. <laughs> Although, as you mentioned, Mart's tea, the scary thing, thing I noticed on, on, on social media in the last week when that chapter came up where people were, had actually contemplated whipping some up and tasting it. Hmm. Okay, like, ladies. Mm, no, you, you do realize some of that stuff in there has tendency it's to be poisonous. And poisonous. Right. You don't want to be drinking that yeah. regularly. Well, I, showed you, that. I showed you a picture of that medieval herb garden I went to and front and center is that sign poison plant (laughs) yeah (laughs) don't drink it I mean if you think about Mart's tea she's trying to stop a pregnancy so look go to your doctors go get the pill yeah (laughs) if that's what you need to do go get the pill find there are 1500 different methods of contraception that's got to be better than I I think it was more of a curiosity kind of thing rather than a, a application kind of thing but it's still oh, it's God. like you really don't need to be messing with 
herbal medicine unless you're knowledgeable to me because what if you were pregnant and didn't realize it oh dear yeah well not not only that i mean there's certain over-the-counter herbs you know like ginkgo that high blood pressure people shouldn't take so you don't you don't don't want to mix anything just on a whim to see what it tastes like well or or st john's wort manages to suppress any kind of contraceptive you are taking which many people (laughs) learn to their chagrin after the fact First child, me. Oh dear. <laughs> <laughs> Surprise. Oh, Devin's an herbal child? No, no, that was Asa. He was a surprise. Uh apparently I was taking something that kind of negated everything we were doing. Oops. Not all of it. No. Antibiotics <laughs> well, do that too, don't they? Yeah. Yeah, so. yeah they do. Oh, well. So you gotta be careful. Um, yeah, consult a physician first, I would say. That would be the responsible thing for this podcaster to say to our listeners. Mm-hmm. Please. There you go. Oh, Val, I have a question. Grammaries. Sure. Yeah. The way I interpreted it was uh, the best analogy I can come up with is, you know, when you ask your mom for a recipe mm-hmm. and she's like, well, I just throw in this and that. I don't really have a recipe for it. So basically, you're, you have to ask her to make it for you and write it down for you. Yes, so that's my grandmother. That was always my experience with my grandmother. And that's how we figured right. out how to make dumplings. Right. But there's no way you could have done that unless you watched her do it, mm-hmm. took notes. And so it's kind of like that. Um, I guess the theory is if a witch can just do something, another witch can't just pick it up. They have to observe, take notes and put it down into words so they can perform the same spell. That's how I interpreted it anyway, grammarly. Let me take that one step further because it's, Diana says without grammarly, they won't work for other witches. So it's almost like the recipe analogy, but you're, you make the same meatballs as your grandmother does. You follow the recipe. But when they say, well, grandma put love into it, that makes yeah. a difference. Yeah, it does. A little bit of love, a little bit of care. You can't just throw all these things together and just cook it and be done. No, it's like wait for five minutes, then lift off the, the cover and stir it. And that's that's the love. That's the extra care you're putting into it. You want to make sure it turns out good because you're trying to feed your family or something like that. I, I guess that's how I think of yeah, it. Yeah, like intention. Yes, intention. Don't just you know throw it all in a pot and then come back a half hour later and expect it to be good. Like I would. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing crafty about my cooking. (laughs) (laughs) At least you can boil water, girl. (laughs) I can make coffee. I can make a hell of a coffee. Um, You are a magician when it comes to coffee, Angela. (laughs) Yeah. It's it's honestly, truly, because I love it and I put love in it. It's chemical with you. It is. It is. I agree. So there's that. And we have Bertram coming up. Ooh. Bertie. Bertie. I'm sorry to interrupt, but there's something in your email box. Thank you, Bert. We got some emails more on our question to our discussers because of the All Souls trilogy, dot, 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 blank. You fill in the blank and we got some more emails. Let's go around the table. What do you got, Jean? Mine's from Jennifer. Because of the All Souls trilogy, I gained a gaggle of brilliant, nutty, beautiful, soulful goddesses who are now my bestest friends. I gained a new appreciation of history and research. I gained a retreat from this world into the one Deb created, one that I visit when I need a break from reality. And finally, I gained an easy answer to that constant question. Know any good books? Yes. Yes, I do. And that's from Jennifer. Shout out, Shout out Jennifer. Thank Love it. you. Jenny Farmer Block, go on. <laughs> 
Angela, what do you have? My question or our question is answered by Allie. Because of the All Souls trilogy, number one, I, like you, would never have gotten on Twitter. My handle is at only for all souls because simply it was the way to enter your amazing giveaways. Now I'm hooked on at King Henry VIII and can't stop laughing. On top of that, I have discovered many cool literary Twitter accounts that feed me fun book facts every day. Number two, I'm not sure what I would have ever found my newly spun love of history without the All Souls book. Like I mentioned in my article, she's the individual who wrote the piece on yoga for us. Oh, yeah, that's our yogini. Yes, Ellie, our yogini. Uh, As she mentioned in her article, history was never my thing. But going to 1590 with Diana and Matthew got me hooked on historical fiction. Hooked, all caps. Now everything history related is correlated to my mind in the 1590s and compared and contrasted there. The Infernal Devices and Outlander series are new obsessions as a byproduct of my new history spark from the All Souls trilogy. Number three, a discovery which, which has pushed me even farther into my curiosity for yoga. And now here I am practicing every day and writing amazing articles for my new All Souls family. Yay. Shout out, Allie. Thank yeah. you so much. That's Allie. awesome. Love you, Allie. <laughs> Maybe I'll wear flat shoes to the next con so I actually can do some yoga. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> I did pretty, just... pretty good for wearing those high heels. The, the pencil skirt didn't help, though. Oh, that was hilarious. Going back to watch it was hilarious. <laughs> you worked it, though, girl. You worked hey. it. Mm. All right. Our last email is from Milana. Ooh, a new fan. A new fan. This means more than more people than our besties and our parents listen to us. So <laughs> we got outreach, y'all. <laughs> All right. Milana says, because of the All Souls trilogy, I have a tribe of wonderful women who supported my mad cat scheme to become a published author and gave me identity. I may even write about sexy vampires who don't fade away to gray someday soon. Well, go you, Milana. All right. Oh, I'm looking forward to seeing what that looks like. Oh, gosh. I'm sure it'll be very Milana, graphic. Milana, if you're listening, please, you know, send us a link to your, we want to read. We want to know. What's up? Oh, I know. It's like inquiring <laughs> demons want to know. <laughs> you want to know. What's up? Always looking to add to the TBR list. Oh, my God. Which is getting huge. Oh, uh, I think books. the demon hobbies will appreciate that list. Well, you know, we do what we got to do. Got to stay fresh. <laughs> <laughs> sharpen our skills okay so are we going to recap for our listeners how they too can get involved and answer questions for us in the future absolutely angela (laughs) (laughs) absolutely angela now these people weren't anybody special they just decided to sign up to our email list they are special (laughs) yes they are Sorry. Correction on that. I'm going to edit this out. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) No, I'm not. I'm going to leave it in there so you can see sometimes I'm a doofus. But anyway, (laughs) anyway, so go to demonsdiscuss.com, scroll down, and you'll see a little tiny form. All it asks is your name and your email address. I worked hard on that form, and the form works. 
So use the form. form. (laughs) Become one with the form. Become one with the form. And you too will get emailed our questions, our prompts, or maybe we have something going on in an episode and we want the audience to respond. So they're in the know. You can be in the know. We don't charge anything for it. Just type your name and type your email address. And there you go. You become a discusser and I'll probably email you back. Most likely I will until it gets out of hand. But for now, while our audience is nice and intimate, I will email you back and say thank you and ask if I have any further questions and show it to the girls and be like, we got another email. Yay. I mean, we would love another- for, we would love for them to sign up for our email list, of course, but they can certainly always reach out to us on social media. Absolutely. We're everywhere. Demons Domain or Demons Discuss. Yep. Tell us what you want to hear. Right. And on the show notes, there's another form where you can put your comments. You can also sign up to that list there. That's a twofold form. So utilize it. And whatever comments you have, it doesn't have to be our question. If you just have criticism. Ideas, con- observations, something to add. If it's a criticism, make it constructive, please. Thank you. <laughs> but anything, yeah, just send us an email. Or if you just want to type an email, you don't want to go looking for forums. It's demonsdiscuss at gmail.com. And we're going to wrap this up. And I'm going to tell you, since you're listening to us already, you already found us, but did you know you can take us with you? You can put us in your earbuds, walk around the house, do chores while we're talking to you. And you can find us anywhere you listen to your podcast shows, iTunes, Google, Stitcher. I even have a link on our website that if you have an Android device, it'll tell you what apps are perfect for you. You just pick from that list and go. And if you like us, subscribe. If you don't like us and you want to talk about us, well, just listen. That's cool too. I don't care. (laughs) But there you go. And visit us at our home base at demonsdomain.com. I think that wraps it up, ladies. I think we're good. Thanks for listening to us today, everyone. We can't wait to talk to you some more. Thank you. And let's hear from you. Absolutely. And now we're going for real now. Bye-bye. Jean's got to sell her house. (laughs) Bye-bye. (laughs) Bye-bye.